me start this morning by asking you a question. And that question is, what do you think of when you think of God? What picture comes to your mind when you imagine what God is like? So hold that thought in your mind. Now, I realise that Scripture regularly describes the uh, impossibility of seeing, let alone fully understanding God. In Exodus chapter 33, verses 20 to 23, it says, But he said, You cannot see my face, for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, There is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face you must not see. So when Moses wanted to see God, the most God offers is facing Moses towards the cleft of the rock so that he uh, only sees the trail of God's glory, so to speak, as God passes by. So for, as God says, no one can see me and live. Similarly, in, in John, uh, he says in his Gospels, chapter 1, verse 18a, he says, no one has ever seen God. Now, despite these biblical pronouncements, I suspect that most of us carry around a picture of God or, or in some sense, a view of what God is or what we think he's like. It's a view that profoundly shapes of uh, what we expect from God. It's a view on how we think about our faith and perhaps even how we think about each other. A typical person, or for that matter, a typical congregation member, in some part, or maybe even in a major part, would picture God as an enforcer of rules, or God as a lawgiver, or God as one sitting up in heaven with a... Uh, a, a, a uh, a perpetual finger upraised and warning us, uh, perhaps, or accusing us even as well. It's a picture of God captured by a familiar line from a, a great old folk hymn which says, He knows when you are sleeping, He knows when you are awake, He knows when you've been good or bad, so be good for goodness sake. And while I'm being cheeky and putting my tongue firmly in my cheek, I do think that for many of us in our parish and for many, of, many people outside the four walls of this church building see God as some, some kind of stern Santa Claus or some kind of stern Father Christmas, a God always ready to judge us for breaking his laws. At first glance, our readings from Deuteronomy and our readings from the Gospel of Matthew may seem to enforce this picture this morning. Each offer a high dose of law and indeed name the particular penalties for the disobeying, the dis disobedience or disobeying those laws. By looking at these readings more closely, I think they offer a clearer picture of God, of the God we worship this morning. Three elements of the law stand out and, and deserve attention to look at this morning. And uh, the first is the law is given always as a gift. The law, particularly as captured in the Ten Commandments that Jesus references, are life's little instruction book. God's gift to help us get more out of life. So when we look at the Ten Commandments, we need to notice that they were given after God had already declared that Israel were his, God, were his people. 
that Israel were already God's people when the Ten Commandments were declared. This means that the law is, 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 is by no means and is not meant uh, uh, to become God's, you know, when, when they became God's people first before the law was given. So we could see that God gave that as a gift. He gave it out of love. But rather, a gift given, uh, it was given to God's people because of God's love. And from this point of view, the injunction to choose life from the, from the um, uh, reading from Deuteronomy is less a stern command than it is a heartfelt invitation or an earnest plea by God. And second, the law is given to strengthen community. So the you in both Deuteronomy and Matthew is always plural. It's always plural. The law isn't about meeting our individual needs, but about creating and sustaining a community in which all of God's children can find support, that all of God's children can find health, safety and blessing. So the logic behind the biblical focus on community is very simple this morning. When you're looking out for yourself, it's you against the world. It's you against the world. It's you in your place under the sun. It's your two square, two square metres of personal space. That's how it's looked at when you look at it on your, by yourself. But when you look out for others in the community, and when they in turn look out for you, it's the community coming together and facing the challenges of life. It's the community coming together and facing the setbacks and the opportunities the world offers. Now thirdly, it also shows us that the law comes as a gift to strengthen community by orientating us to the needs of our neighbour. The law is not meant to remove the neighbour and their needs from our view or from our concern. Rather, the Lord draws us into our neighbour more closely. This is why Jesus uh, intensifies the law in this morning's Gospel reading. You notice that he actually intensifies the law. He helps us to avoid seeing the law as merely drawing moral boundaries around things. So he intensifies it. However, Jesus is uh, instead alerting us to our responsibility and to our care for those around us. We as churchgoers can so easily discriminate, can't we? We can so easily injure. We can so easily neglect. We can so easily speak poorly of our neighbour, all the while saying, well, I have kept the commandments because I had not, and in the blank, I had not murdered anyone. I'm better than him because I have not murdered anyone. So I kept the commandments. And so Jesus intensifies the law to make us more responsible for our neighbour's well-being. Because by caring for our neighbour, we strengthen a community that can best serve as a blessing to the world. And this is God's constant command and expectation of his people. The laws contained in today's readings reveal the parental heart of a God who wants nothing more than the health and the happiness of his children. My oldest son, Drew, was about eight years old when he started arguing with his sister, Emily. Before long, arguing turned into pushing. 
before long arguing turned into shoving. And soon enough, Drew had his sister pinned down on the ground with his fist raised in the air. Any parent uh, with kids understand that? Yeah? It was at that moment I came in the room and I, and, I, and I told him to stop. And in response, Drew reared up, as all eight-year-old boys can and do, and he declared with his fist raised in the air, she's my sister, I can do anything I want to her. I swept across the room and grabbed his raised fist and said, she's my daughter, no you can't. That's the law. That's the law. God's gift to protect and care for God's children. I know we at times feel the negative impact or threat of the law, but it is because God cares so deeply about God's children. No, you cannot hoard everything. No, you cannot discriminate. No, you cannot exclude. No, you cannot violate. No, you cannot exploit. Why? Because she's my daughter. Why? Because he's my son. Do you see what I mean this morning? All the hyperbole of cutting off body parts and burning in hell ultimately serves to magnify just how important our relationships are to God and how much God wants us to treat each other well and how invested God is in our lives and therefore in our relationships as well. The point of the law isn't to satisfy the demands of a capricious tyrant but rather to reveal the intentions of a loving parent who desires that all God's children flourish. So let me ask you that same question that I asked at the start of the message, and that is, what is your picture of God? The same question was asked some 500 years ago by a student lodging at Martin Luther's house. And his response to that question was, when I think of God... I think of a man hanging on a tree. Because the cross of Christ, on, in the cross of Christ, we see God's love poured out for the whole world. And we are reminded that God will go to any and all lengths this morning to communicate just how much God loves us. So that we in turn may love one another better. So the question is, God as love, question mark, or God as judge, question mark. How do you see God? How you see God has a direct correlation on how you see your neighbour this morning. Let us pray. Dear God, you have given us the law as a gift so that we may get the very most of life. Equip and empower us to see and to use your Lord to care for one another. And we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.